Traditionally, with all the prior MX-5s, this was always body color. And if I'm correct, Motorman was also heavily involved in that car. And he tries to take credit for this idea. I'm not sure. You know, I'm sure he's going to have his own opinion. But irregardless where the idea came from, it was really, really great. Welcome to Radio Irregardless, your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. Now please welcome to the Internet Airwaves. Really? Internet Airwaves? It's okay, you can just do it. It's just just say Internet Airwaves. It sounds really cool. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not. Internet Airwaves. Okay then. Please welcome to the Internet Airwaves, Mark Scalia. Welcome to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. Hey, guys, it's been a couple weeks and we're back. You are listening to Radio Irregardless, your non-standard blood of irrespective and regardless. And I am your host, Mark Scalia. And there are three ways that you can listen to this broadcast. First, you can listen live as we're doing right now. Every Wednesday at nine, it's live. Well, mostly every Wednesday. We'll get into that later. Uh, you are listening through my website, markscalia.com. If you want to be part of the chat, if you want to be part of that conversation, just click the box you're listening to. It will send you right over to the broadcasting site, Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com, and then you can sign in using a Facebook email, and then boom, you're chatting up with myself and the rest of the listeners and my guest. And the third way you can listen, sometimes you can't listen live. So what you can do is after this show is done, it's edited slightly for time, and then it's uploaded to my podcasting site, where then you can download it as a podcast and listen at your leisure. Those are three ways. And as every show starts, until I design a new way to start, we start every show kind of the same way, by playing you the happening now monologue. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? That's it. When? It's now. Wear it now, now. Go back to then. Yeah. Now. Now? No. I can't. Why? You missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. I was in Kingston, Ontario last week, so I missed some things that were happening. Happy birthday, Mary Boo, 12 years old, you little freak show. <laughs> Stop it. Stop getting older. So because of all the traveling uh, I've been doing, and actually tr planning on some more travel, and of course, the best part about being a canner for a week, I didn't talk politics <laughs> at all. Is the election over yet? I don't know. Is it Hillary and, and Trump? Is that what's happening? I don't care. I, I don't. I just, you know, I'm like the worst, you know, and everybody's like, well, how are you feeling about Trump? And I actually goofed about it on stage. I said, they're all insane. I said, but, and then I shit on their prime minister. So, <laughs> Because they don't, apparently they, they don't like, he's not popular. And then I just read this. I just, I literally just read this before I started the show. Now, every, I don't know if you've seen Melissa McCarthy recently. She's probably dropped an easy, an easy 50, 60 pounds. Easy. They've canceled Mike and Molly because she's thin now. <laughs> when was the last time you ever heard anybody losing a job because they were thin? They were losing a job because they got fat. Remember Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher? She had to she had to lose all that weight so she could be in Star Wars, and she wasn't really in it that much. And theoretically, if Lucas was still involved, he could have CG'd her entire fucking body anyway. But she lost all the weight. But Melissa McCarthy loses all this weight, and they're like, eh, it's not funny anymore because you both ain't fat. Now it's King of Queens. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's sure to make somebody a little mad. Hey, speaking of making somebody mad, I got a bunch of listeners on tonight, and I got to say a special thanks to Kim Santo. She actually, uh, she had a date with my wife. It was a, a girl date. They went to the museum. Yeah, oh, yes, they, <laughs> they went to the museum. It was very nice, and Karen told me that. She goes, it was so nice to hang out and go to the museum because you won't go. And it's not that I won't go. <laughs> 
It's just, yeah, I, Kim Santo, I satisfied your wife in a way you can't. <laughs> that's, that's true. And my brother said, Princess Leia killed Jabba, and now she's his size. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know why I'm reading comments. We're going to play a fun game that I haven't played in a while with you guys called Foreign Offensive. Can you Americans speak any other language than English? And the answer to that is no. <laughs> so I play you a sound clip of somebody attempting to do an accent or a dialect, and you have to guess it. So you're playing against each other, you crazy kids. So here's the first one very quick, and you have to guess only the accent. You do, if Bonus points if you want to say who it is and where it's from, but just the accent. This one's tricky. The doll's my cousin. She knows nothing about this, Johnny. Yeah, right. What do I look like, a jamoke? Now, what do you know about my money? Don't listen to him, Gloria. He's lying. <laughs> oh, Patrick Stewart, tough guy, New York detective. Kim is very close, but Anthony Villa got it right. It's Chicago. Uh, see, uh, Greto. Yes, he's playing Dixon Hill, which is a Chicago detective. Ha-ha. So... Anthony got one. Yes, right, she says. Right. Here's the second one. We're going on back into town. <laughs> you see, that's that's just it. You're heading back to town in the middle of the day. Prospector only does that when he's found gold to sell. Prospector's only done that when he's found gold to sell. <laughs> what what accent is he attempting to sketch? No. No, it's not Scottish. It's it's it sounds Scottish, but it's not. It's not Yiddish. He's talking about he's talking to a prospector. It's Isliam Neeson. That's correct, and it's from the movie A Million Ways to Die. He's doing a goldish accent. <laughs> Liam Neeson, huge wrench. I don't get the. I don't get it. Oh, Pat. <laughs> I thought it was his package. It's like, peace, package, junk. Yes, and nobody's got what accent he's trying to do. Yes, his dick. Everybody's following up. Yes, internet love. <laughs> it's Liam Neeson trying to do a Western accent. No points. Did no one say that? No, Eliza, you didn't say that. You didn't even say that. No, nobody said it, actually. And that's the funniest part, because that's from, you know, Family Guy. And that's why he got the job. Now, this one's very tricky. Greetings. I am Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, chief metallurgist to King Charles V of Spain. And I'm at your service. Kind of gave it to you. Not Well, kind of did. That is from the movie Highlander. And it's one of the worst... It's not even an attempt. It's not even an attempt. His name is Ramirez. Right. It's Sean Connery. Attempt. It's from the movie. He's trying. Yes. You would think Spanish because his last name is Ramirez. And he says he's Spanish. But it, it's a devil. He's, he's Highlandish. He's goldish. No. <laughs> he's actually. I'm not Spanish. I'm Egyptian. What? <laughs> That's from the fucking movie. Which, that even, that doesn't sound anything like an Egyptian accent. Now, granted, he's like a thousand years old. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Give it a shot, Sean. My God. So, that being said, looks like Anthony Villa has won the game. You know, I would give you something special, but it's. After the wrench comment, I'm going to move on. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Radio... <laughs> Shut up, Trebek, you dumb dang. <laughs> I know. You're listening to Radio Irregardless, and we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, you're going to get a chance to listen to a very, very entertaining young woman, very experienced in Canadian marketing and Canadian promotion, originally from Montreal. Now she lives in Toronto. She does this whole thing. You know, so I'll let her get more into it because to be honest with you, I'm going to put my foot in it and she's going to explain it a hundred times better than me. You are listening to Radio Irregardless. Welcome. 
to another installment of Radio Irregardless's History. St. Patrick's Day is a welcome sign of spring, a day for wearing of the green, for the Irish and non-Irish alike. It's not easy being green. The story of St. Patrick's Day goes back to 5th century Britain, where a 16-year-old boy, Mawin Sagut, was kidnapped by Irish marauders. What's going on? If you tell anyone about this, I'll fucking kill you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We'll come back by tonight. Okay, sweet. He remained a shepherd slave in Ireland for six years until a vision directed him to escape. What the hell am I looking at? So he took his vows as a priest, adopted the Christian name Patrick, and in 432 AD returned to Ireland on a mission. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. One popular myth has Patrick driving the snakes out of Ireland. Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane! This is probably a metaphor for Patrick cleansing the island of paganism. St. Patrick's Day falls within Lent. How to understand the meaning of Lent. Here we go again. The first St. Patrick's Day in colonial America occurred in Boston, 1737, with a parade organized by the Charitable Irish Society. For the first time, the Irish green included the colors of the rainbow. And it all began over 1,500 years ago, when a boy was torn from his family. Little could he know that his life would inspire parades, fashion, and yes, the hoisting of a few pints to toast his special day. This has been Radio Irregardless's History. Hi, I'm comedian Scott McNeil. You're listening to Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia. And stay tuned to learn about the meaning of life. Mark, I'm glad this thing isn't live because I wouldn't want anyone to know that I'm the one who assassinated Kennedy. And you're back at Radio Regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And joining me via Skype is the aforementioned Joanne Britton. How are you, Joanne? I'm very good. Thank you for having me on, Mark. Oh, thanks for being on. This is, uh, I don't really put a lot of time and effort into this. So thank you for wasting 45 minutes with me. It's all right. It's about the same time it takes to drink a drink. So, you know. Oh, you know something? I wish I knew that I would go. You know, maybe on the next break, I'll run downstairs and get a beer. Are you, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? I'm drinking a gin and juice. Gin. <laughs> I don't have that. Take oh, you know something? I do have it. I do have it. Hold on. Why you motherfuckers bounce to But anyway, talk about you. So you're drinking gin and juice on a fine Wednesday, and you are in Toronto, correct? Yes, I'm in Toronto now. Now, I know Joanne because I was going up to Montreal for a long time, and, Mo- and she's originally from Montreal. She runs a promotional, would you say promotional in marketing or just promotion? Well, it basically started out as um, just a covering and supporting comedy. So um, I just love to laugh, and I needed something creative to do in my life. So I decided to start blogging about comedy. And I went out and saw shows in Montreal. So at the Comedy Nest, at the Comedy Works, and I went around and did all the independent rooms. And I just, I loved it and realized there wasn't anything out there doing that at that time. So mm-hmm. I just kept going with it. And from there, it turned into a job at the Comedy Nest, which that just gave me the boost to interact with every comedian that went through the door, especially during Just for Last, where it's just a yeah. door is just burning with all these crazy uh, super superstars of comics. So I was like, okay, I'm on to something, and I really like doing this. So I just kept going with it. And from there, um, there was a summer I worked with Just for Laughs, and probably like really the high moments where I realized what I was doing was something I really wanted to do. And they basically had this uh, brigade of bloggers who went out and covered events. And I decided to take that same kind of model and apply it to my blog. I couldn't go cover every show in Montreal. There's just too many. So I got a bunch of other bloggers like myself who like uh, comedy and culture. And we just started going out and covering shows and doing posts about it and promoting it and slowly growing it now for the past, I guess, six years. 
That's fantastic. Yeah. My, I, I don't want to interrupt too much, but you did mention yeah. comedy and culture, which <laughs> nobody puts those fucking things together at all. That's no comedy. Well, it was. It went from comedy and it just flew to arts, comedy, and culture because well, Montreal is just so yeah. full of that arts, comedy, and culture that you can't ignore the other two. Oh, it every is. Other, it's beautiful. Every other, every other thing is a festival. If it lasts more than two days, it's a festival. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, there's a festival every other week, like you no know, food festival, whatever poutine festival. Um, is it, it? Wait, wait, wait. There's a poutine festival. I won't call it the poutine festival, but there is a poutine week where like there's like people go around and they taste this like the best poutine of the week. Like, you know, like, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah I never got into poutine. I really, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Oh, poutine? Because you haven't had a proper one, man. You know, I, when I was up there, a friend of mine went, I had to, I had to take them somewhere. I was driving them and they go, oh, can you stop at McDonald's? And McDonald's serves poutine. <laughs> Yeah, they do serve poutine, but it's not the right fries. You have to have the right combination of fries, gravy, and it has to be cheese curds. If it's not cheese curds, it's not a poutine. That's just cheese and that's just fries and cheese. Okay. Maybe maybe that's my problem. I haven't had maybe <laughs> like good poutine is like comedy and culture. <laughs> I know in America you guys just hear poutine and you're like, what's the big deal with fries and gravy? <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand. I totally get it. But it's, it's not a, the fries and gravy. It's cheese curds. It's okay. Cheese I, like, I don't even know how to say it. I don't know if it's poutine or poutine. Yeah. Or I say poutine, poutine because like, I'm from, I'm from and born and raised in Montreal and I speak yeah. French. And there's always a silent S in any like word you say in French. And that's why there's a poutine. But poutine is the word. Oh, well, It's funny that in French there's a silent S. In, in uh, the Bostonian dialect, there are silent R's. But they end up everywhere. <laughs> They end up everywhere else. So you started with, and I got to say, and I posted this, I put it up in the chat. You started, uh, you have a bunch of different Twitter feeds. There's, and the original was Mob Trial, at Mob Trial. And then you have since moved to, now you're in Toronto, so you do Mob Tr Toronto. And then you have two others, which is Mob Boss Joe, which I, which is, is that you personally? Is that you personally? That's me personally. That's my personal one. And then, of course, then there's Mob's Press. Press. Which, so the idea around it, I'll uh, elucidate if you want to say. Um, don't show me up with your so use I, of English language, by the way. Yeah, I'll fill you up with my, <laughs> with my information. My information. Um, so yeah, so when I moved here, it was the same idea with Montreal to open a Mob Toronto, which I've just launched in the last couple of months. And slowly building a network of bloggers here who will do the same, who will go out and cover um, arts, comedy, culture, shows and events and promote them. And the way that I'm trying to, if you want to say, market it and try to actually bring money into it is to make it a network of blogs. So currently working on a Mob York City and a Mob Los Angeles mm. in 2017, which that whole network would make the Mob's press. And the idea of why the Mob, I know everyone's asking why the Mob, the Mob is basically um, what it is. It's just a group of bloggers, and we're just a group of bloggers for hire. So a Mob of bloggers for hire to go cover events and promote shows around the town. So the That's idea fantastic. is to have a mob city, a mob in every little city as I go. That is my dream. <laughs> well, there's, there's plenty of mobs in America, so just just pick one. Just I know, but these are legitimate ones, though. These are legitimate <laughs> oh, these, yeah, paper, paper. The ones I know probably just don't write, so they well, mostly the loot. The idea came from, too, is because Montreal is, you know, you play with that terminology because Montreal is known as a mob city as well. I won't say it out loud. I didn't say it, but. Mob runs in Montreal. But, yeah, but it's, but it's the French mob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why it's fucked up. I'm going to beat you with this French bird. You know, it's like it's my culture will beat you with a bat and then put you in the trunk. I'm going to throw a croissant at you and then put you in a trunk for an hour. Well, I'll leave the trunk open for you, of course. So I will not close it. That'd be crazy. <laughs> I will not kill you. No, no, no. no. I will give you a thorough tongue lashing. In English. Oh, no, please. Not in English. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. Beaten with a baguette, my brother said. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, last year I talked to a comic uh, from Montreal, and he said that Montreal is really getting almost like crazy politically with the, uh, you know, with the French versus English thing. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the problem with the French is that they don't understand that people come to Montreal and to Quebec because they love them, mm. because they love that culture. 
and they're pushing everyone away because they're obsessed about keeping this French culture that they think is going to disappear overnight and like kind of like in America where you uh, you guys have that same conversation where like the immigrants are coming to take your job. What? 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 Who's having that conversation? No, I haven't heard any of that. I mean, I just heard about the wall we're going to build between yeah, Canada and the wall. People like, why are you building a wall between Canada? What did we do? I go, it's not what you do. It's what we think you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking paranoid. Yeah, no. No, America, no. Like, no. <laughs> we're not going to get into the America talk because that can just go on forever. It's oh, it can. Right it, can. it can. It really, it really could. But I, I'm telling you, the discussion I had with with a couple of the comics up there about about culture versus it, like I really started understanding more about Canadian culture. And he says, "Why are Americans so arrogant?" And I go, "You have to remember, we've been told for over 250 years that our country was the greatest one. We're raised like that, so we speak as if." It is the best for us. The for us is implied. He goes, why can't you just say for us? I go, because we're American. That's why we can't say for us. He goes, you can't say it's the best for me or I prefer this. And I went, I go, it's implied. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's very true. You make a very good point. It's true. No, it's like, no, we are the best. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, how, how, how do you well, not know? <laughs> I, and it's also we're also very insulated in our culture we're, like we don't have world news we only hear about the world if there's something that's going to affect us i mean it, we're not yeah. edu we don't we don't educate like i wasn't world like for me world education stopped at the discovery <laughs> literally the discovery of america after 1776, there is no world until World War II where you go oh yeah i, I heard of these countries they're fighting with us and then after that there was no world and that's and I'm talking about when I was in junior high school. So it's it's very different and it made me appreciate Canadian culture even more. And hopefully I got hopefully somebody could, you know, hopefully the conversation could be reversed and somebody said, you know, I understand Americans a little bore. They're not arrogant. You just have a centrist kind of attitude. Uh, no, totally. As you say, you know, you're just born with like, yeah, we live in America. People come to America because, you know, for the American dream and to build better lives. Yeah. America's the shit. Yeah. It, but, you know, it's, and I said, I go, what kind of marketing plan does Canada have? You guys are quiet about shit. You don't say anything. We're quiet. You're we're peaceful. We're just like, you know, right. we like to keep things right. easy. And we don't like conflict. We'll go and help. We help <laughs> us, like, you know, it's needed. Yeah. But like, no. You don't need to get dirty. Not well, that's what I said to him. I go, why have a military if you ain't going to use it? Because <laughs> he, he goes, he goes, what? And, and I went, that's the way I feel. Why have a tank if you can't use your tank? You should tell everybody, I have a tank. I have bombs. I have planes. Canada's going, oh, we, 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 oh, we have keep that. It, keep we, it on the down <laughs> Like, don't let anyone know what we got until yeah. it's too late. Actually, there was a joke I did when I was in Ottawa. I go, um, I said, the world looks at Canada as America's older brother and just goes, it tells us to go, why can't you be more like Canada? Canada, <laughs> Canada doesn't start in these wars all over the place. Look, now, you know something? <laughs> Somebody has a missile, you have to have a missile. It's like, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's the worst. <laughs> To be more like your older brother, huh? Yeah. He goes to school. He makes. <laughs> yeah, he's quiet. Everybody <laughs> likes him. He's not starting any trouble. Yeah. <laughs> no. I go, but nobody knows him. No. Nobody knows. No, but like everybody wants to be him when they leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Every see everybody wants to everybody wants to date Canada. Everybody wants to fuck America. That's it's like married. It's married. What is it? Marry, fuck, kill. <laughs> Yes, nicely put. It's that's what it is. Oh, it's Mexico. It's marry, fuck, kill. We're gonna kill. Me we both. Everybody wants to kill Mexico. Everyone wants to fuck the U.S. And everybody wants to marry Canada. I just played marry, fuck, kill with North America. I don't think it's gonna get better than that. You know something? <laughs> that's what. Right. So here's what we're gonna yeah, do. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take our second break, and we come back. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, mob trial, mob mob Toronto. And and this whole theory, this which really I did not know that you want to take over the world 
one blogger at a time. That's going to be really interesting. So we'll continue some more of that when we come back. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Radio Regardless. We'll be right back. His aloofness has been described as apathetic. He doesn't lean left or right. His Facebook status is whatever. He once had a three-hour conversation with a woman and only said three words in the last minute. He is the most uninterested man in the world. I don't often drink beer. I don't really care what I drink. Stay thirsty, my friends. Hey, this is Dave DeLillo, and on Wednesday nights, I listen to Radio Irregardless with Mark Julia. <laughs> Must be the only one. Anybody out there? Hello? Hello? And you're back at Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia, and I'm out of breath because I ran yeah, all, all the way down <laughs> the basement. I did. I ran all the way down the basement. And I got myself a beer, and <laughs> I I should have had a longer break prepped. I'm gonna catch my breath, and now <laughs> just, while while you catch your breath, while I <laughs> what is my brother yeah. saying? You sound like so, you're about to die. What do you call a <laughs> what do you call a snuff film on radio? <laughs> Stop it. I just read. read <laughs> that's funny, Joanne. <laughs> what do, you, what do you call a snuff film on radio? Radio, regardless. <laughs> Mark just sneaked through the room with a beer can in his hand. He's not naked or anything. Oh, that that would have been better. <laughs> no, I'm fully dressed. Anyway, now you're already oh, yeah. established in Toronto and Montreal, and you're you're establishing L.A. and New York. This year, I'm establishing Toronto, and in the process, I'm slowly making my network in New York and LA to launch the same um, network and same blog apparatus as, as that they cover arts, comedy, and culture in that city, as there's a lot of arts, comedy, and culture in LA and New York. And from there, just build a network. And the idea is from there to find interested bloggers around North America in their own cities who want to do this, who want to build their own little team to go out and cover events and stuff. And you, so, have, you have three uh, three websites as well. Mob Trial and MobToronto.com and the MobPress.com. Are they all, are they, do they look very similar? Are they all kind of geared yes. towards the same structure? Well, the Mobs Press is basically the umbrella company, if you want to say, under where we promote the different networks mm-hmm. and where we sell our media coverage and our event coverage ever. So if you have a two day event, a one week event, a one month festival to cover, and you want bloggers, posts, social media, all that buzz that you usually that any festival or anybody needs today to make an impact online. Uh, that's what we offer, and that's what I that's what I've been starting to push this year. And that's it's like Get you're you're like freelancing reporting and coverings. That's a great idea. Basically, I'm trying to create my own media network. Yeah, that's right. Mobs Press, and it basically caters to yes, artists of all big and small, but more focusing on those who need the coverage who are upcoming and who need that extra push to make it to the next spot. And through the website, uh, are you selling advertising through the website? Well, through the website, I have like you know the basic advertising. What I'm trying to sell is more because I have bloggers and photographers going to cover shows. My goal is to not just uh, support and promote the artists, but is also to give a means to the bloggers and photographers a way to make money and to practice their craft. A lot of them are in school or journalists or communications or marketing. And just need, you know, the exposure or the experience you need to get out there. So I offer them a way through media passes and through media access and through my networks to do that. You're not just, when you're hiring the mob, you're not just, you know, hiring a company. You're supporting a network of artists and people and students who are growing to be what they want to be. That is so fantastic. Uh, this is a great idea that you have doing this. I And I hope it makes some dough because artists don't have any fucking money. <laughs> no, and that, and no, don't. No, and it's like one of those things where um, it's hard to be that creative artist and support yourself. It's where comes the starving artist, obviously. Oh yeah. But um, this method through the mob press uh, and through its networks, I want to try and alleviate some of that pressure as far as 
getting involved in promoting themselves online, especially with social media, you really got to have it these days. You really got to have a presence online for people to be able to find you and people to be able to book you. So, yeah. Um, and the thing, the thing I've noticed and like, uh, and I do this with comics all the time, comics are either doing Twitter, but not like they just promote one mm-hmm. thing at a time. And, but a lot of people, and I'm kind of late to the game. I don't use it as I, as I could as a promotion tool is, but it's great that if somebody just like, look, I just want to, I just want to paint or I just want to sing or I just want to tell jokes they can actually say, look, I want to be part of this and tell me what it costs or tell me how I could be involved. And it takes a, it may take a huge chunk of weight off them, you know, to get totally. known. And, and cause half the thing about being an artist is getting the gigs. Totally. It's getting and, that exposure and, and it's the, the network, the connection, yeah. right? It's always like, it's not how much, you know, it's who, you know, right? It's and, always uh, who, you know, <laughs> You can be the greatest person ever and the greatest talent, but if you don't have any connections on that inside, you know, it's hard to make an impact, yeah. which is why with social media and online, it's more, it's even more important because you can get noticed that way. Yeah. Depending on your views, depending on your followers, people will pay attention to you. But sometimes it's ridiculous because, you know, you could buy those things now. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, yeah, now but you can buy, that. you can buy promotion on Facebook and it, it, kind of does all the twitter doesn't do those automatic things but facebook does so uh, twitter I, you can advertise into but it, it depends how you use advertising you can buy advertising and use it um, and market it to, uh, towards your goals towards like you say your upcoming events what you want to do but there's other things uh there's other uh, say companies or softwares out there you can just straight up legitimately buy followers and, stuff. <laughs> and like oh, I've, I've i've done that in the past like three or four years ago and it's just one of those things where like you don't want a thousand followers in Turkey. You don't want that shit. <laughs> they, they don't do anything for your even though you might have three thousand followers, you're nobody's engaging with you, right? Right. So you're, right. And that's what everybody so, thinks. They think, oh I got five thousand people following me, but you put out a tweet and nobody retweets it. Nobody hearts it. Nobody follows up on it. It doesn't continue the conversation. So uh, I will tell you this. Somebody's going to have this. Somebody's going to go, this is a great idea. And fuck it. Then they're going to steal it from you. So I the would- model has been, uh, it's been done. Like, you know, the kind of model of city to city, uh, mm-hmm. promoting events and things like that. My angle is to come more and help the people who are actually doing the work. Like the, like I say, the bloggers, the photographers, yeah. and the artists themselves, and to build a, a network of people that they can all pull in and take advantage of, right? So yes, it's the purpose is to make money. I'm not gonna like bullshit you and say I don't want to make money off of it. Of course <laughs> I do, but it's um it's a process. But at the same time, I want you know I yeah. do want. Well, you, can, you can always make money off the advertising, you know, the way that Facebook does. It's like, you know, you have uh, photographers or, uh, you know, bands or singers or, you know, comics. And then, you know, there's a crawl. It's something that says every time they log on, it's like, oh, the new, you know, DMX camera or the DMX. What? No, that's the wrong DMX. Um, <laughs> It's called Give It That's the wrong DMX. Um, we don't give up. Yes, no, I love DMX. But yeah, I mean, it could be something like that. It really sounds like you're approaching in a very unique way. Like there's things that are similar, but yours is very unique in your approach of it. So uh, it, it's fantastic. It's, it really is. I actually just went on mobtrial.com and I saw you, you had an interview with, um, oh, I just closed it, uh, female comedian, uh, oh. Middle Eastern. Uh, it's El, uh, oh, Iman. Yeah. Iman. Iman. I, and I worked with her for the first time in Ottawa. Really fun. I mean, funny, like really funny, funny and, and really good people. Cool. And that's another thing. Like from the time I started my blog to now, there's a lot of comics that I've seen like do their open mic or now like on TV or doing a lot of successful things. Mm. So it's really cool to see them grow and like, you know, support me as I've supported them as they go on their, on their road to success. And as I go on my road to success. So Iman has been one of the supporters since I first started covering comedy in Montreal. And like, she's always been one of my number one supporters. So it's, um, it's really cool to have people like that who I know she's going to be uber successful. And I could be like, yeah, I know that girl. <laughs> I know that girl. So um, here's what we got. Here's what I want to do. Since you're in the know, since you're located in Toronto, I've talked to a lot of people in Ottawa and Montreal, and I'm going to Calgary soon. And uh, my buddy used to live in Seattle, so in BC, all that. I've been told, and you can do this better than I am, I've been told that 
nobody likes Toronto because Toronto's trying to be New York. That's the <laughs> that's what I get. Is that true that that Canada as a country looks at to, uh, looks at Toronto and goes, what are you trying? What are you doing? You're fucking us up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't know for Canada as a country, but I know growing and living up in Montreal, there's a natural rivalry uh, between Montreal and Toronto, between the hockey teams, um, between baseball teams, when we had a baseball team in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Please don't mention that. that made us make, I, dro- made I drove by the stadium, good. gorgeous stadium, and I'm like, "Wow, that's great, guys! You must miss the expos." They're like, "Stop talking about." It. I go, "It happened like 25 fucking years ago. Let it go." It's, it's so bad. Yeah, no, they'll never let it go. They can't even let go of the Nordiques. Okay, like they'll never let you. Oh, oh. So the the thing between Toronto and Montreal. Now that I've been living here for a year, year and a half, it's that Toronto is very business. It's where people make money and there's a lot of like you know uh, it's where all the banks are and every money a lot of money comes through close to Toronto so people here are very much on a let's go 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 flow like I remember one of the first times I came to Toronto as soon as I got off the train I was in this different flow of like okay I gotta go where do I gotta go I gotta like on this <laughs> super beat whereas opposed to Montreal Montreal is a very laid back kind of we're just chill and we'll get there when we get there Things will happen when it happens. <laughs> and so compared to Toronto, yeah, they look like assholes. We're just trying to be like, oh, yeah, we're badass in our suits and uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's, I totally understand why it seems that way. Yeah. Now living here, I can still, I can agree with it to a certain extent. But you can't, you can't deny that money's being made here. And that's why oh, yeah. people are here. And that's why that, oh, definitely. There's, there's a lot of money and there's a lot of deals to be made here. But Montreal, like you see, we were talking about before the politics and the French, they pushed a lot of business out. Yeah. And a lot of businesses just don't want to deal with it. They're like, we don't even want to deal with your French. Like, yeah, okay. because it's, it's so, it's so weird. Like you have that, like I have diversity in my country and by diversity, I mean conflicting diversity, but it's so pronounced. And, you know, in most, most of your population lives within what the first 200 miles of the border or something like that. It's like your whole population lives yeah. close to us, uh, you know, on yeah. the border. Yeah, because up north it's just too fucking cold. Man. It, it is. <laughs> it's way too fucking cold up there. Uh, yeah, no, it's just really cold. And even living as low down as we do live, it's still fucking it's- cold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, my sister used to work up like in Unibus, up way up, up, up north, man. And she had the gear she had to wear just to walk around there. I was like, holy shit. Now it's, it's funny you mentioned it. Now you pronounce it Nunavut. I always, I always thought it said none of it. (laughs) (laughs) Does it? None of it. That's probably what they meant to say. You don't want none of it. None of it because ain't nobody having it and none of it. So you're from Montreal, but now you live in Toronto. You're you're very educated in in the scenes and and you got all this information coming at you. I would love to play a game with you. And I actually wrote this game especially for you. We're going to play a game called Oh Canada. There we go. Please, Canada, don't hate me for what I'm about to say. No, here's the here's the thing. Here's how uneducated I am as an American. I always thought it was, oh, Canada, we we stand on God's bended knee. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Is there a line in there, bended knee? Are you you're not googling your own national anthem, are you? Stand on guard for thee. We stand on guard for thee. I yeah. thought it was God's bended knee. <laughs> now, granted, we only hear your national like anthem that. in hockey games, so it's fine. No, I know. And it's weird because when I hear my national anthem, like sometimes, most of the time, half of it's in French. So right. it's like I know half of it in English and half of it in French. <laughs> right, because they sing, yeah, they sing the first two lines and then the, the right, yes. And no, she doesn't know the show Terrence and Phillips. Stop it. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do. I can't believe it. All I wanted to do is teach her. I spelled sex education and my wife quaved on my face. Anyway, so we're going to start with this. We're going to start with things that maybe my listeners don't know. And of course, you probably do. Did you know, my listeners, that Canada 
can brag about the longest street in the world. It is on, and I knew this because I was just, I was just, well, I will be there and I've been there before. It, actually, you should know it because it's from the city you're in. It's Young right Street. Now? Yes, Young Street. Young Street, Y-O-N-G-E, Young Street, starts, it, it essentially starts uh, from Lake Ontario and goes all the way to the Minnesota border, almost 2,000 kilometers, or, for my English listeners, 1,242.7 miles, 1,200 miles of a single street. You can break the, in the world the longest street. Um, speaking of... Did you know that Canada, Canada's name came from, comes from a misunderstanding? <laughs> Did you know oh, that? Yes, I remember these. Um, the TV taught me this about <laughs> the TV. <laughs> they have these, the TV taught me this. The BBC will bring you the CBC. These American, uh, no, these Canadian heritage moments. <laughs> and now a Canadian heritage up. moment. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, totally. I will send it to you. It was Jacques. I want a link to that because I would send it for YouTube. I, I would love that because Jacques Cartier and some Iroquois, uh, the, Iroquois the, the children were pointing out a village and they used the word Kanata. Kanata. And they were actually trying to identify a small area. He misunderstood. They were actually showing him where Quebec City is. And he misunderstood. And he thought the whole thing was called Canada. Right. <laughs> he thought the whole fucking thing. That's, right. That's not Just as. like that. Th it's like the story about the kangaroo. <laughs> do you know? No. Do you know how they named the kangaroo? The white settlers were coming into Australia and they looked at the Aborigines and they said, what is that animal? And they pointed to a kangaroo and the Aborigines said kangaroo, which means we don't know. That's how the fucking kangaroo got its name. So now that we have some some facts that have brought everybody up to speed, we're going to play a little true or false. Now, if you get it right, you get a really cool sound. You get that. And if you get it wrong, you get this. Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> and of course, that's Scott. Scott's a dick. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, Scott is a dick. Scott is a like dick. Everybody, everybody knows Scott's a dick. You're a dick. You're a dick. You're a dick. Okay. Here we go. True or false? And you're playing against my listeners. Now, there are a bunch of listeners, and they have the ability to type in, but they're listening through a delay. So what's going to happen is I'm going to ask you, and if you're quicker and get more right than they do, yeah. you win. So here we go. Here's the first one. True or false? The Canadian $100 bill smells like maple syrup. False. False? I said false. It does not smell like maple syrup. <laughs> That is correct. According to the Bank of Canada, it doesn't. But there was rumors that said somebody accidentally dropped maple syrup and then a, some of them does. That's the actual true rumor. Okay. True or false? Sorry. The maple leaf on the Canadian flag has 15 points. Oh. That is correct. It only has 11 points. True or false? Canadians' literacy rate is over 99%. Literacy? Literacy. Yes, Canadians' literacy rate is over 99%. True or false? That's true. That is correct. What the, <laughs> I read... Scott. I was... I, oh, you're the 1%. <laughs> yeah, right. I have the Can you believe that? Now, I think, first of all, the literacy rate is 99% in a country... Of like, let's see. You have the population of California, so essentially you have ten percent. We have four hundred million Americans. You have like forty million Canadians, roughly. If that. So, at first I was like, "Oh my god, that's oh my god, that's almost everybody." Then I was like, "Yeah, but everybody isn't a lot of people. <laughs> it, it really isn't." Anyway, so far you're three for three, and the listening audience is catching up. Uh, the one time it's bad to be the 1%. <laughs> That's funny. All right. It is. Since it you is. mentioned uh, Nunavut, or as I pronounce it, none of it, none of it, the license plates in none of it or Nunavut and the Northwest Territories are shaped like polar bears. True or false? <laughs> I'm going to go with false. False, Mark. 
Shut. I mean, no. No, that is that is true. Shut. Up. That is fucking They're true. Shaped as polar bears. Google it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I'm gonna like have to like tell my sister off for never telling me that shit. I'm kidding, like of all the things that happened up there, you couldn't tell me that your license plates were shaped. Well, you know, some, right. even if they weren't, they should be. <laughs> All right. And the very last question, You're, you got to get this one. Otherwise, it's going to it's not going to look good for that literacy rate. Uh, <laughs> here we go. The border between Canada and the United States is the world's second longest unprotected border. True or false? Unprotected. That's a tricky word. But I'm going to say true. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. False. It is the longest unprotected okay. border in the world. Fifty-five hundred. I said it's the, oh, second, the second longest. longest. Uh, yes, it is five thousand five hundred and twenty-five miles long, including the fifteen hundred and thirty-eight miles between Canada and Alaska. So Damn. here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the Canadian exchange. I'm going to tabulate the points. We're going to take our third and final break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Joanne Britton one more time. And we're going to ask her about her first, her best, and her worst. You're listening to Radio Wear Regardless. We'll be right back. Love food and wine? Get to know Salem Mass in a fun and delicious way. Join me on a Salem food tour. Our five-star rated walking tour gives guests the perfect opportunity to enjoy an afternoon with friends or coworkers. Great for locals and visitors, our tours book in advance and can be crafted for your special event. For more information on our tours and to make reservations, please visit us at SalemFoodTours.com. This is Katie Grady, and uh, Wednesday nights when there's nothing on Bravo, I listen to radio irregardless. Because when there's nothing on Bravo, there's nothing on TV. So I might as well be on the radio. And you're back at Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. I daydreamed a little bit. I was like, I was listening to the promo, and I was like, oh, it's coming back. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to bring my volumes up. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't saying. Like, oh yeah. Back, and back. still, for some ungodly reason, if she's not planning the invasion of my country, is Joanne Britton. And I just put all her information again. And yes, follow her. She's on uh let's see if I get them all right. She's on Mob Boss Joe. That's her personal. She's at Mob Boss Joe. She's also on Mob Trial, if you're in that area or want to find out what's going on there. If you're in Toronto, she's at Mob Toronto. And then the umbrella would be at Mob. S Press or Mobs Press, I should say. Yeah. Then, of course, you can go to the websites, which is mobtrial.com, mobtoronto.com, and themobspress.com. And that's how you can you can follow her directly. And I recommend it because now it's even more interesting that I've heard about it directly from Joanne Britton. Ah, great. That's the yeah. score, man. Oh, and you know what I've done? I've tabulated all the scores. You got three correct and two wrong, yeah. which means you squeaked by... <laughs> But, Just like high school. But <laughs> that's how they get the literacy through. No child left behind. My friends, yeah. this is the greatest victory in Canadian history. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Celebrate, everyone. <laughs> So you win with your bragging rights. Yes, actually, no. That was the Canadian Prime Minister who, when uh, when well, Canada went on, they, when they went on strike, <laughs> they went because we want more money. <laughs> Canada's on strike. Everyone laughs at us. Yeah, because that's actually what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> no more Terrence and Philip episodes. <laughs> oh, Philip, well, love you. How would we know? Oh, the only reason we knew uh, Canada stopped working is because this hour has twenty-two minutes. Wouldn't have any new episodes. <laughs> but then again they haven't had new episodes in what like 20 15 years at least this hour is 22 minutes no there's we're still going it's the canadian air force which is not on anymore that's the other one the air force the world the royal canadian air force that was a <laughs> comic show which they have like a new year special really? this hour is 22 minutes that's still going with mark rich that show overall is just 
really good. And there's Rick Mercer. I don't know if you ever watched Rick Mercer. He's oh, yeah. More of a, uh, he's been around for forever as well. And he just goes out to the craziest places in Canada and interviews and, like, covers the craziest things. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, not even skiing on ice. It'd be, like, boating on ice in the north or something. Like, just craziest things he covers. But he's really funny. And very politically, uh, very politically smart. So, um, yeah, no, those are the two big shows. Uh, two really good comic, comedy shows in Canada. So now that we've gone over what you do and what you know, and and yes. before I let you go, we promote you one last time. Now you've been you've been covering a lot of different things, and usually when uh, I have my guests on, I ask them about their first, best, and worst. And if they're a comic, they tell me about first, best, and worst time on stage. If they're an actor, they tell me about auditions. If they're directors, they tell me about film. But you have this range of where you could pull from. So in your experiences dealing with um, mob trial and mob in the the whole mob press. Can you tell us and my lovely listeners as well about your first time, your best time and your worst time? Um, OK, well, I guess the first time would be covering a Jeff for Laugh show at the Comedy Nest, where I got to meet like um, comics that I've been watching on TV like my whole life. Just boom in my face, like Jimmy Carr and Bob Marley and Joey Elias and Pete Bedlacker. And they're just they're there and I get to meet them and talk to them. So that was pretty one of the that was a great first time. The best time would probably be, it was probably during Just for Laughs when I was covering Just for Laughs for, uh, for the festival. And I was doing backstage interviews or basically backstage coverage. And I was just hanging out with like Mike Wilmot and Godfrey and um, all these great, hilarious comics who were, once you like pass the boundary of like, if you want to say starstruck or like who these people are, you yeah. know, they're just people like you and me. And what I love about comedians, they're my type of people who are just like, you know, either debaucherous or just fucked up in the head or just, you know, like, I just pick <laughs> them type of people. That's right. You are fucked up in the head, Mark. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I have certificates saying that I'm fucked up in the head. I appreciate the comment, but yeah, it's. I, no, I don't like, I say fucked up in the head, but I mean in a way where it's like the, um, what they're doing, the craft that you do requires for you to be very open and vulnerable and just bleed your heart out every night on that stage which is something i utterly respect and i don't judge and i just i and i love i love the craft so i appreciate it thank you so, that's very that's nice cool. how you combined then, your story with mine thank you that was nice see see how nice they are can see how nice canadians are <laughs> It's like, you know, it's not just about me. I'm going to tell you about my best, but I'm going to include you in my best. It's like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Um, and the worst. Oh, you were talking about this before. I'm trying to think. What would be the worst experience I've had in all this? I would probably say maybe um, there was a blogger I'd sent to cover a show. And I understand there's, um, you know, there are shows that might just are good and you might not be able to find anything good to write about it. And in that case, like, in that case, you just don't write anything about it, right? You just you know, can't find anything within 300 words to say that there's something okay about that show. And don't fucking try and do it. Right, but as but, a blogger, though, like the advice, if you can't say something nice, don't say something at all. But you're a blogger, well, you have to. <laughs> well, that's the thing. There's some bloggers who, you know, like they don't, yes, you're free to say whatever you want. And to a certain extent, yes, I won't say that a show is good or not, but I won't go down and smash the show either or, you know, say the comics are shitty, blah, blah, blah. There's always a way to word it without hurting anybody's feelings. I want to say Canadians again. Just too nice. Just too nice. Like, don't want to hurt your feelings, man. Just trying to, like, write a nice post. (laughs) This is the best part. It wasn't even, like, a harsh post. She wasn't even mean. She was just saying how the show started late. The headliner didn't even show up because the show started late and he left. And it was just a shit show, kind of, right? But overall, the comics that performed were okay. And this girl backlashed on me, like on social media and like in my messages. And was just like, he's just trying to tell me how to like do my things and how wrong I was and how all the shit. And it was just like, at first I felt bad. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm a fucking blogger. I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> and I'm like, if you don't like it, I don't that's answer fine. to you, you fucking monkeys. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, so it's like, you know, I went and like maybe edited a, I not edit, like say if I, I worded it properly so it wouldn't hurt her feelings, but I just made it clear that, you know, I'm like, you're in the wrong here. You 
put a show on a hockey game night and expected it to start on time. Are you stupid? How do you not put a how do you put a comedy show during a hockey game? What the hell is wrong with you? It's Canada, goddammit. Fuck my god. Same venue. Oh my god. Oh my Oh, it's the same venue. Oh my god. Yeah. The show's on the TV and they expected them to turn the TV off mid game and start a show start a comedy show. I'm like what are you born yesterday in Canada? Like, no, that's not gonna happen. Well, here's the weird thing. You're explaining a stereotype. I know, I know. It's really funny. It's funny. as I'm talking, I'm saying, I'm like, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, yeah, it's hockey. Fuck, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad we can exchange cultures just like this. This is hey, a lot of fun. There's like, like I say, there's. I had a friend in America, uh, in America, who came to get her studies here in Canada for four years, and she told me um, as soon as she moved back, and she's actually from Boston too. Um, as soon as she moves back, within about two or three weeks, she's just like, all I want to do is shoot something. Ah! Like, she's like, yep. Everywhere she looked, there was some kind of thing about guns or yep. blah, 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 or yep. protect gun rights. She's just like, my country's fucked up. All I want to do is shoot something. I've only been here for two weeks. That's it. <laughs> she's like, I've never thought about that in Canada. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, we grew up playing cowboys and Indians. We have guns, cap guns, water guns. We throw water balloons. We used to throw them bombs at a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> we know what boom goes like. Yeah. We know. We know. So, Joanne, before I let you go, and thank you so much for being part of the show. It's been really fun. Before I let you go, what do you got coming up? Anything you're covering that's really big that my listeners should know about? Um, well, if you're in Montreal this weekend, you go to Montreal this weekend, a uh, great comic that I know, Derek Seguin, he's performing at the Comedy Nest from this Thursday, the 18th, sorry, the 17th, 18th, and 19th. Oh, and it's uh, and it's spelled, for my listeners, it's spelled Seguin. <laughs> a Seguin, that's right. I'll yes. Because we, we had a Bruins player that was Seguin. 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 Derek Seguin, yeah. <laughs> Derek Seguin, yes, see? Derek Seguin. Derek Seguin. See? It's, see? But it's pronounced, <laughs> it's pronounced? Derek Seguin. I say Derek Seguin, but that's my French in me coming out. <laughs> My French takes over every now and then. I don't have any French in me. I made that a point. It was one time, and I really was uncomfortable with the whole <laughs> putting a cigarette out the back of my neck. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know if we're talking about the same thing anymore, but go on. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. And um, if you're in Toronto next weekend, there's a show at Comedy Bar. Comedy Bar is a pretty uh, big comedy venue in Toronto. There's a show called Things Black Girls Say. And that's hosted by Malika Bright. Sorry, but it's hosted by Zabrina Chavonet. And it's like, show about what black girls say. And yes, I'm a black chick, but it will be nothing that I said. Like, I'm not really a black chick. <laughs> so, yeah, no. So if you're, if you're in, uh, if you're in Montreal or, uh, if you're in Toronto, check out mobtrial.com and check out the mobtoronto.com. And just to be sure, check out themobspress.com and find out everything that's going on. And, uh, it'll be, you're just, you're very educated about what's going on because a lot of stuff's happening in both those cities that she's covering. And then, of course, branching out to, uh, you know, Come, come! She's invade Canada, invades U.S. That can happen. Come down, man! I'm coming on down before that, the wall comes up. You know that can, <laughs> yeah, come, <laughs> come down before we spend uh, all that money on that five thousand, the longest border in the world. We're gonna yeah. fucking box it up, yeah. But Joanne, oh my God, thanks so much for being a part of the show. It's been great having you on, sweetheart. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening and. Check out the mob. You have a check. We will, and you know some. I'll uh, I'll be in touch when I'm uh, when I'm heading up to uh, Toronto because uh, maybe we can because I'm not working during the day, so maybe we can hang out, have a cup of coffee or something like that, and in the you know shoot the shit a little bit more. Definitely, I'd love to do that. All right, Joanne Britton, everybody. Joanne, thanks for being part of the show. Take care, darling. Thanks a lot, man. You too. Take care. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye. Joanne Britton, everybody. Oh my God. Such a fun show. Here's where I'm going to be this weekend. Tomorrow, which I believe is St. Patty's Day, I will be at the Tupelo Music Hall in Londonderry, New Hampshire, doing a benefit show. Friday night, I'll be at DeBorough's 
where all DeBurrows hang No, it's DeBurrows in Haverhill, Mass, doing a fundraiser there. And then Saturday night, I'll be at lots of laughs in North Andover, Mass, making my return there. It's been almost a year since I've been there. So fun. So I'm going to be everywhere but drinking green beer tomorrow. So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, it's been a pleasure having you as part of the show. If you want to be a sponsor, a guest, or leave a comment, you can email me at radioirregardless at gmail.com. Always call the hotline, 978-219-9294. Next week, March 23rd, we have no guest of this moment, but I'm pulling at some strings. We're going to have a great show. Hey, guys, have a great week, great weekend. We'll see you soon. This has been Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia, your non-standard blend of irrespective listening and regardless enjoying. Radio Irregardless was written, directed, and produced by Mark Scalia and broadcast live via Mixler.com. I'd like to thank my on-air guests as well as all the online listeners for their comments. The Radio Irregardless theme, If Only I Had a Pen, was written and composed by Derek Dupuy. All music and audio clips used, property of their respective copyright owners. All material and content, property of MS Enterprises and copyrighted 2016. All rights reserved. Listen to previously aired episodes of Radio Irregardless by downloading from iTunes. Thank you for listening. I was making radio shows for fun. Hello, hello. Just going to want to play.